I want to tell you that almost without exception, every Parliament event ran over its scheduled time. But, so I'm just going to share a couple things to add to what others have said. I was fortunate enough at the Parliament. I was very fortunate at the Parliament to meet a man, uh, Reverend Abare Kala. He's on the cover of your program this morning. Reverend Abare Kala. How I met him is that Diane and I went to a workshop together on patriarchy. It was a very powerful experience. And it was an experiential workshop. And part of it was to be in small groups. And I was in a small group with Abare Kala. And also with an imam. The three of us together were a small group talking about personal experiences. And so that's how I got to know him. And then later, Diane and I were sitting in the hallway, and he came by, and Diane recognized that actually he was a person who had won an award from the parliament. And she said, aren't you the one who won the Karis Award? And he said, yes. And then we just got to talking, and so then we ended up having lunch together and I got to know him. So I want to tell you just a bit about him. Uh, Abare is a minister in northeastern Nigeria. He's a Christian minister, Protestant, and that's a very uh, violent part of Nigeria. It's where Boko Haram operates. So at one point, he decided that he wanted to start creating dialogue between Christians and Muslims. Those are the two biggest faiths, along with native religion in that area of Nigeria. So he starts creating these dialogues between the Muslims in the area and also with young people, trying to talk to young people and trying to understand why a lot of them make uh, really horrible choices and and what could be done to create more opportunities for them. So he gets this dialogue going on. He said actually to me, he said the Christ, his Christian friends got kind of mad at him actually. Uh, but he kept going. And so at one point, Abare decided that he would go and talk to Boko Haram, the group that is uh, a violent terrorist group in that area of the world. And he did this despite the fact that they had already killed his brother. And so Abare just decided to go talk to them. And he went unarmed. He went unarmed into their camp, knowing that he might not come out. And he went in and negotiated with them, and he brought out, he negotiated the release of 82 of those girls. He got them to release 82 girls. And so, I can hardly say it. So, 
I am glad to know this man. He represents the best of humanity, I think. So that's a story I want to tell you. And Linda and I both have had discussions with him and hope to be in touch with him as time goes by. We have, we have a, a budding little friendship. So I wanted to tell you that story. I think the other story I want to tell you that's been mentioned by other people is the, there was tremendous emphasis on diversity and about respecting different people. That was a huge theme of the parliament. There was no talk, there was very little talk of theology. There was, very, there was no talk I could observe of people trying to convert anybody. That's all over. That, that stuff is not conversion. In 1893, Swami Vivekananda announced, 1893, the era of conversion is over and the era of cooperation has begun. That was 125 years ago. So, the other enormous, or one of the enormous themes had to do with climate change. And there were a number of different programs about climate change. And I just want to say that I consider myself, you know, reasonably knowledgeable about climate change. I feel, you know, like I'm basically on the right side, you know, I'm, I want to do something. I drive a Prius, you know. Uh, We've changed our diet somewhat in our house, especially Diane. I go to conferences. You know, I'm a good guy. And what I learned is that we have to go way beyond those kinds of things. And so it was extremely well presented. And at one workshop I went to, the presenters were the president and the research leader of the Union of Concerned Scientists. And they put the information up in a way that you just couldn't, you could not fail to see it. You just look at the numbers and which way the graphs are going and then which way they have to make a sharp turn and go the other way. And then how long there is to do that before the curve is too steep to really recover in time. This is a time limit thing. Uh, so there's not an, it's not like we can just keep trying and get a little better every 10 years. Uh, that's not the way it works. There's a time limit on this because after a while the curve gets too steep and you can't turn it around in fa uh, fast enough. And so that was brought home to me in a way that I, it was much more profound than what I have thought about or understood. And then the second thing that they told us is that it is possible to do this. This is doable. It's not a hopeless situation. Thank goodness. It can be done. And we, I went to another workshop which was uh, just about how to talk about climate change to people. That was the, the guy presenting said he didn't really understand the science that well, but he understood human communication. And 
he, they, some profound things were said in that context as well. And one of them is, uh, what is convincing to people? And uh, one of the things he said is that just talking about the disaster that's possible is, does not motivate people to change. Isn't that an interesting thing? That's not motivating because it can lead to despair. And when you experience despair, mostly you check out. You go sit on the couch and watch TV or whatever way you check out. But since the fact is that there is hope to do this, then the question is how does the human race get motivated to make the changes that need to be made? How can that be done? How, because really the problem right now is apathy. Part of the problem is skepticism and part of the problem is that you have the wrong leadership in the United States. But that, you know, that, that's not fatal, it, it can be changed. Um, but people not getting involved, that's serious. And so how do people get motivated to do the work for climate change? And one of our speakers said, that's what religions are good at, is proclaiming things to huge numbers of people and saying, this is something we have to do. So in a sense, some of these people were trying to motivate the religions of the world to get serious about climate change so that religion, obviously not by itself, but as a contributing factor, can be a motivator to create the kind of change that we need in order to have a life on earth that, that will work. And another thing we learned is that the most motivating thing for people, at least in this part of the world, is to talk about our children and our grandchildren and what kind of life they're going to have. Because this is crucial for our children and grandchildren. And most people are motivated by the welfare of their kids and their grandkids and their grandnieces and nephews and we care about that future, and that is a lens of looking at it that moves us. And so he recommended that that's the way we talk about it, that we think about our own kids and what kind of world they're going to live in and our grandkids. So I, I want to share that idea with you, and I want to share with you that the Unitarian Universalist Association has... Uh, a program, uh, climate action teams, and we already have a climate team in our church, so that's a great thing, and we can plug in to what the UUA is doing, because the UUA is very activist on this, and it's a real obvious option for us to go. And uh, we're going to show at least one of these presentations at the church within the next few weeks when we find a time to schedule it. So. We've, we're, we can show it to everyone. And so there's a tremendous sense of concern about that along with a tremendous sense of hope and possibility that it, this is something that is doable for the human race. So this issue along with this overarching issue of inclusive love 
gripped the minds and hearts of the people in Toronto. I didn't hear anything about anybody going to hell. People, one person said that the parliament has gone from a face-to-face organization where the emphasis is on meeting people to a side-by-side organization where the emphasis is on walking together in the path of what needs to be done. I think that's a beautiful image. People are deeply engaged in learning how to live together, how to get beyond old enmities, how to cooperate together, cross all kinds of boundaries, cross all the boundaries. Can't let any of that stuff get in our way. And you could feel these common desires among Jews, Muslims, Sikhs, Baha'is, Hindus, religious people, non-religious people, everyone. Everyone needs to be in. I would say that this is a moment in human history where cooperation is not something to dream about. It's an absolute requirement. I remember being in Cape Town at the Parliament and Nelson Mandela spoke to us and he said that these major problems will not be solved unless the religions can learn to cooperate with each other. I have remembered that. There isn't any other good option. We, you use, are in it already, and we're doing good things, but we too will have to step up our game. Become more welcoming to everyone and walk our talk with increasing integrity. So, those of us who went to Toronto, and we know how fortunate we were, we know what it feels like to feel connected in common affection and purpose across all of these boundaries. We had some of those moments, and I know that many of you have had those moments too in your lives and other situations that you've been in, where you realize that we can work across all the divisions for things that seriously need to get done. We will have to live out our vision and do it now when the prospects are still hopeful. If my new friend, Reverend Abare Kala, can walk unarmed into the Boko Haram camp and free uh, 82 girls, each of whom now has a chance for a real life, then surely, for the sake of our children and grandchildren, we can find a way to turn our confused society around and get on the path of cooperation, survival, and inclusive love. It can be done. Now we have to make it happen.